Welcome to Life to the Full, a message to Christians. This is a podcast about the abundant life that God promises in Scripture. We want to inspire those who are frustrated with themselves and their communities to live a transformed life that will impact the world. Our primary purpose is to be a platform that will impact the world through conversation. We want to invite others to connect and unite in curiosity, vulnerability, and responsibility. A transformed life is about growth, learning, and evolving. A transformed life leads to transformed communities, and transformed communities impact the world. One conversation at a time. Welcome back to Live to the Full Podcast, a message to Christians. We laugh, honey. (laughs) I know you can't see him, but we go through a couple of rounds of his silly faces, um, noises that he does very often that uh, keep me in the editing room for way too long as he's doing moving chairs and everything else. But... Welcome. Welcome. This is real husband wife <laughs> drama. <laughs> Little drama and we are in our summer theme or season of increasing our vulnerability. If you are new, welcome. If you've been with us, we know that we started this summer series, sorry, summer theme with the series of trust and Jimmy took us through the path in a pattern one, two, and three. And now we're stepping into more practicals on how to build that trust. And he started with making space for vulnerability. And today, what do you have for us, honey? So I want to talk about my struggle with vulnerability. <laughs> Guys, he's biting his tongue because this is very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I've been learning a lot about about this topic, mm-hmm. about how to do it. Um, and I didn't think it was going to be this hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so easier to look at someone else's life yeah. or to look at another organization's life and see all the problems yep. and be like, man, if I didn't have to worry about my own problems, if all I had to do was solve other people's problems, I could make this world a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of actually really believe that whether you say it or not you know i think that's where i can come from at times and and like critical thinking is one of your number one strength Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily it most people think that is a negative but it's actually a strength yeah you do that because you want to solve problems yeah so you are highly more tempted to do that yes yeah i'm very grateful for our partnership and our marriage because you're not very critical and i Mm -hmm. i think we balance each other out well i think we kind of need each other which is, mm-hmm. has been good, you know? And uh, if life has taught me anything, it's to attempt to listen to the voices that aren't like my own. Mm-hmm. Not to surround myself with people who like, think the same as me. Yes, people. Yeah, but mm-hmm. people who challenge me, Yeah, you know? Ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think at any stage of life, you know, today you send me into a group of people to create a team, I, I feel confident that I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this stuff. You send me to a group of people to help them with this. I feel like I can do it. But I feel like I'm never going to know. I'm never going to be great at this. I'm never not going to make a mistake. 
And I think, you know, like she she said in one of her books, I'm not sure which one it is now, but... Uh, Brene Brown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just saying it over and over to yourself, I am not here to be right. I am not here to be right. I am not here to be right. I will translate it. I am here to be open. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says, I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. Mm, and that's, I love that. That's a huge difference. Mm. Because, you know, being right is easy if you don't listen to anyone else's point of view. Yeah. Of course you're right. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people that think the same way as you. Mm-hmm. Read the Bible the same way as you. Yeah, we're right. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. It was never the point. Yeah. The point is to get it right. Mm-hmm. And that that's different. Mm-hmm. To get it right means that sometimes you have to be wrong. Right. right. To get it right doesn't mean that you always have to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you always have to have, have the right answers. Yeah. It doesn't mean if you, if you fail or you make a mistake, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. Right. It means the complete opposite, actually. It means that you're you're seeing it, you yeah. know? And um, so anyway, for me, vulnerability, if you had asked me 20 years ago, are you vulnerable? I would have been, of course I am. I confess my sin, you know? I meet with somebody once a week and uh, I tell them everything, you know? I'm having my daily devotionals. I'm having my quiet times every day. I'm reading my Bible. I'm writing in my prayer journal. Of course I'm vulnerable. I got this. Mm. But I've come to the conclusion that, you know, Jimmy of 20 years ago didn't know anything about being vulnerable. And I want to stop talking about the church for a second, or my even my history of the church, or my own history of being a believer. And I kind of want to have a conversation with the two of us of what did you grow up believing vulnerability was? This is kind of taken from Brene Brown's book, and um, these questions are taken directly from a downloadable workbook that's totally free on her website. I'll put those links in the notes. So what did you grow up believing that vulnerability was? Hmm. Well, that word was not even part of my vocabulary (laughs) as a child. How How do you say vulnerability in Spanish? Well, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I caught you off guard. She's using I'm the English part of her brain. Not sh- well. I could see it. Well, oh boy, are you looking it up in uh, um, Google Translation? Yes, please. So yeah, so as a as a teen, as a child, being in Peru, uh, yeah, even the Spanish word was never part of my vocabulary. It's like the same. All right, let's see. Okay. Uh, vulnerable. Okay, yeah. I, I was having a hard time because it's sometimes my accent really comes when I say it in English. Vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. Hmm. And um, yeah, so that my parents never used that word. Right. Uh, I mean, my dad was. He was an exa- He has been an example of a man who constantly um, shared his. Uh, Feelings, he cried a lot. I think that was the okay. So, guess not necessarily what it means, but what I saw, what I thought vulnerable was someone who was able to express their feelings, someone who didn't have a fear of crying, someone who's open about not knowing everything. So, wow. Okay, so not to think about it. Yeah, that's what I saw as vulnerability. Um, Lay my more early in my 20s 
probably when I first um, came to our fellowship of churches, that word was not said either. However, as you were mentioning, I will say that me wanting like confession was so hard for me because I did not want people to see me. I was in such a bubble that I want to change the world. I want to impact the world. I'm here for good, you know, because those are the words of my dad. My mom wanted me to be lawyer, doctor. My dad said, do everything it takes to be a kind person. Mm-hmm. That's all I that's all I want from you and your sister. And so I'm, I'm like checking all those boxes. Like, I'm, I'm kind. I care. So I was, I was very blind. Yeah. So I will say in my 20s. I, I also believe that vulnerability was um, telling people what I used to do or used mm. to be before becoming a disciple. Um, and I know this is part of our sort of our like uh, social media where we say vulnerability is not about uh, your conversion story, nor mm-hmm. one time failures that brings ambiguity. Ambu- uh, can you pronounce ambiguity? It? Thank you. That's our word. <laughs> it is, and um, and it separates us versus them. And I had to learn that when I became a, a director that um, there was such a huge space between my staff and I, and I didn't want to admit it. I was very blind to that. Mm-hmm. So that will be, you know, until really I read this book, Dare to Lead, like flip my world and. I want to say one thing, too, is that when I first started to be more comfortable confessing, um, it was like I knew that confession will bring this freedom. Like, there was like light. I felt Mm. much lighter. But there were times where I, quote unquote, use vulnerability to get people to come to church or to uh like share something and make it more personal it had a hidden agenda somehow in there at times you know i i really do believe that women are way more manipulative than men and maybe uh, (laughs) i don't don't know i'm more of a feminist Uh, um so i definitely had that in there you know okay kind of like what you said is a buzzword um let me be vulnerable you know so people can see uh what it is to be like um to be in the kingdom to you know what what jesus has done in my life um and so focused about what jesus did for me in 2001 Versus what Jesus is doing currently, right now, in my journey. And I will always choose that one time, like this one big event, versus what how Jesus is transforming me every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely feel like I, I misuse sharing f- past failures and being aka vulnerable about what i used to do before you know becoming a disciple and there's so many things that i still do like it's um yeah if i if i could share you know like cursing you know like that has slipped out and um 
and in, instead of focusing so much shame uh, for you know being so angry that I curse, um, it's just you know being able to call somebody and say, you know what, I slipped. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. but anyway, so it's like to me. We don't just like fully just completely stop and it does get me angry. I don't know if we're going to keep this or not, but <laughs> it gets me angry when we tell other people, well, you just need to be holy and righteous and keep every thought captive like there's any human that is absolutely doing exactly that with zero flaws. Right. That pressure just bothers me mm-hmm. so much, and I and and that brings so much pressure to wow. people. So I'm not sure if this goes along with our theme, but that's vulnerability in a nutshell. Of not sorry, that's vulnerability <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That. Thank you for, for that. Um, I agree. I think uh, I have confused being open with being vulnerable. And I think, um, you know, honesty was something that was really big for my mom. Mm. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> uh, with uh, some we of her... call her a storyteller. Yeah, with some of her track records <laughs> lately, uh, we've caught her in a few lies. But growing up, uh, it was really ingrained in me that, listen, if something happens... I will be more mad at you if you lied to me about it mm. than if you just tell me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And my mom always used that example of like, you know, if something happens at school, if you do something wrong at school, just tell me. Uh, we'll, we'll deal with it. I, I won't be mad at you. But if you lie to me about it and I go down and I fight with your teachers and then I find out, no, you were actually you actually lied to me. I'll be I'll be super mad. So that kind of stuck with me from a very young age hmm. of just being just being open of valuing honesty, whether or not I was able to do it, hmm. but just valuing honesty. And I think in um, in the church, I think we're the, we're the same. You know, when I when I came into the church, uh, you know, I came into a, a church culture that really valued openness, like you know, being in the light. They would call it, mm-hmm. you know, confessing your sins, just you know, letting everything out there. And so I conflated. I think in my mind, what I have. What does that word mean? I've um, I've married the two, oh, or okay. I've combined them. Mm-hmm. I've combined honesty and vulnerability, and I want to do some relearning mm. that those aren't really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because then I look back at my life and my relationship with mistakes mm. was very very different. Yeah. So if I wasn't naturally good at something, I felt like. I would never be good at it, you know, like uh, singing. Like I always wanted to sing as a kid, you know. I always wanted to, I always loved music. And I would just be like, ah! and I would like sing as hard as I could, but like totally no tune. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I had, I was a beginner with no like natural talent. So I just assumed that that I just couldn't sing, mm. you know. And it was only uh, for years being around singers that believed anyone could sing, mm, yeah. you know, that kind of changed that in me. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be getting up there in front of anyone anytime soon, but I sing for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I sing in our apartment. I, I play my, my little guitar or my uh, 
Casio keyboard. <laughs> you wrote me a song that we cannot find. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> we'll find it eventually. God willing. I I think he threw it out, guys, when we broke up what? back in the day. I don't know. I think I lost it when we moved because I I didn't know how to move. <laughs> so just it's probably in a box somewhere that we've been carrying around from apartment to apartment. Um, but yeah, so my relationship with mistakes, if I wasn't good at something, I just felt like I was never going to get good at it. I had a lot of fear of trying new things. Mm. Um, I felt like, uh, very similar in the church too. I felt like a lot of guilt and shame whenever I failed at something, uh, that I felt like I should be good at because I'm a Christian or Christians are supposed to live one way. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I think cursing is a, is a good example. Mm-hmm. Because when you say cursing, you don't really mean cursing. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. do define and clarify that. Right. Because, yes. you know, you can't turn to the scripture in the Bible that says don't don't use certain language, right? Because it's not there. Mm-hmm. Cursing is, is something totally different. It's wishing harm or ill on somebody. It's, it's a word, uh, raka. Correct? Yeah, or raka, as Jesus would say, mm-hmm. you know, like you fool in the Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount. Uh, so... You know, taboo words mm-hmm. is, is probably the way I would say it. So yeah. this isn't a podcast uh, talking about those differences um, right now. I think that, that would take a little bit longer of a time to unpack. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, so I, I kind of felt like my relationship with mistakes has really shown me that I have a terrible relationship with vulnerability in my life. Because I hate making mistakes. Mm. If if I make a mistake, it, you know, what was that? Sorry, remember why you told a friend of ours why you don't make you don't wear a helmet <laughs> when you go biking? Yeah, it's true. And it's your true. answer was because I don't fall. <laughs> and then everybody sat around waiting for me to fall to go to the hospital. But uh, yeah, so yes, I've said dumb things like that over the years. <laughs> Full acknowledgement. Um, but yeah, like just this this relationship with making mistakes like i just i just can't make them or if i made them just being so defeated by them mm. and um this wasn't something that i encountered in the church about you know the value of making mistakes mm. it was actually only until i got into uh, real estate investing and mm. you know kind of like being an entrepreneur that reading a lot of those books they're all about yeah you got to make as many mistakes fail as possible forward. you got to fail <laughs> forward Learn how to... No, you didn't fail, brother. You you had a lesson. You Seriously. learned something. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to get more lessons, how to fail faster. You know, and that's the only... I don't even... Some of them would say, I don't even trust an investor who hasn't lost a lot of money, you know, because they, they haven't had that lesson yet, yeah. what it feels like. And so, like, my relationship now with mistakes is a lot different. You know, I, I want to... I'm not as afraid of mistakes as I used to be, or I... I tend to remind myself that you know what, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff here. We're gonna try something, um, and it's we're gonna make some mistakes, expecting mistakes to happen, mm-hmm. versus like we got to get this right mm-hmm. the first time, right? You know, you're not here to be right; you're here to get it right, mm-hmm. and that's that's a different process. So, like for me, it, I didn't really learn how to be vulnerable from the church. I learned how to be open. I learned how to talk about talk about things, you know, but I didn't learn how to accept mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, to to be vulnerable. Yeah, you know. For me, growing up, that I'm remembering, you're sharing a little bit um, when there are almost traumatic consequences for you making mistakes growing up. Mm. That's a lot. Like my dad. Uh, will embrace my mistakes mm-hmm. um, my mother didn't you mm. know um, so even like if it wasn't straight A's it was not good enough so even if it was like an A minus well that's not an A and if it was an A that well that's not an A plus um, so I had the pressure um, and consequences you know it didn't matter like I don't I don't think anyone's called me to the principal's office I was yeah, I was pretty much an A student when I was younger <laughs> in middle school. Um, but with any mistakes like from home, I will hide them from my mom. I probably mm. told my dad more, <laughs> and he'll either he will laugh, he will laugh with me like, "Ah, you did that. That's hysterical." It's like your B is better than my F. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I, I certainly it, it was certainly negative. You know, my mom did hit me, and that's more like in the Spanish culture. Um, with you know, she never used a chancla. That's more um, Caribbean mm. uh, thing that people say. Um, not Peruvians. Uh, my mom used her bare hands mm. <laughs> to pinch me. Ouch! And that was traumatic for me. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not telling you what I did. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to get pinched. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if we go back and deep enough. And we go back to like how, what it, what was the consequence for making a mistake? Yeah, um, we could kind of trace that. Yeah, I remember even like in in martial arts, like mm. you know we would do demos, which was basically advertisements for the school. So we'd go out, we do these <laughs> the shows. Eighties music, right? Yeah, techno music, <laughs> all types of great stuff. We had the eighties hair, and you know my teacher would jump through hoops of fire and break bricks, but. Um, I had always been somewhat of a prodigy with um, the different weapons that, mm. that were in martial arts. Yeah. So they would always like, you know, put me out there to, to do random stuff. And, um, you know, I, w- I got very good at the nunchucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were things that I, I could do with the nunchucks that were really, really cool. But it, sometimes I would drop them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I could do it like perfect every time. Mm-hmm. And there's always stuff like that. But what I never did is I never, like, performed those moves uh-huh. because I was too afraid of, of looking stupid. Right. But those those were some really cool moves, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, even today when people see them, like, oh, that that's really cool. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, I will drop them from time to time. Um, but, you know, another thing I learned mm-hmm. in martial arts is that when I got to a certain level and a certain age, like like in my, like, early teens... Um, you get to a point in a martial arts school where you're you're one of the top martial artists in that school. Like it just happens after a while. Mm-hmm. And so every time we would we would spar, which would be like practice fighting, um, I would get really frustrated because I felt like I wasn't getting any better because I could beat everybody. Mm-hmm. But there would be other martial artists who would come from different schools who I had never fought before. Or older students who, you know, didn't come to work out with us every week. But whenever they came, I'd be like, oh, can we spar? Can we spar? And then I would lose. But, like, I loved losing against them because in losing, I learned so much. 
I felt like every time I had I went into a match, a practice match where I lost, I would learn so much more than going into a practice match that I won. So I think that was kind of like planting the seeds for me of like vulnerability. Huh. You know, I th- and uh, so the next... Getting beat up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a practice fight. Yeah. So, but it's like you learn like oh, so much okay. more. Yeah. 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 I want to defend myself. Exactly. <laughs> I was testing you. <laughs> uh, There's still much to grow. Still Daniel, much to grow. James Daniel. Yes. Okay. So here's another question. For me, vulnerability feels like... So what does vulnerability feel like for you? Like what, why are some reasons why it's hard for us to be vulnerable? So it might not be hard for us to be open because we mm-hmm. have some practice with that. Mm-hmm. Christians value being open. But in terms of being vulnerable, so you're going to try something and you're going to you're going to make some mistakes because this is you're daring greatly, mm-hmm. right? You're really trying to do something amazing and you're going to fail, you're going to make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. What does that physically feel like for you? Like what are some of the physical sensations? What does it emotionally feel like for you? And what's going through your head when uh, you're either being vulnerable or you're considering being vulnerable? Hmm. That's interesting. I do tend to stay in my lane. Um, I, I have said, you know, I'm pretty bold and courageous in certain things like, like in public speaking and things that other people fear. And I can tend to just live there. Being vulnerable for me is when it comes to like personal image, um, going shopping for clothes that is very vulnerable and i avoid it at all costs Mm. i'm realizing i don't put myself out there with that like this photo shoot (laughs) i've pre-scheduled this photo shoot for now over a year um and what happens to me is that i pull the plug so i had as you know i made payments for it i reached out you know Mm -hmm. I i don't have problems reaching out to photographers i have no problem um setting things up you know i'm like i'm gonna go for it um and then i yeah i have cancel i cancel i've actually canceled a couple times in my life um where there is regret like i didn't go to somebody's wedding Mm. because i didn't like the way it looked Mm. i didn't like the way the dress fit me and it was like, I, you know, so what happens to me is I get really sweaty palms. I don't, I tend to just go with my mom or my sister. I don't think I've ever gone shopping with somebody else besides my mom and my sister. Um, that's very vulnerable for me because I'm going shopping and I'm going to try all these different things. So some may look good and some may not. And I fear all those that don't make me feel good Mm. and so yeah so i would say sweaty palms is definitely what goes in my body uh and yeah i avoid those at all costs so like i go to my comfortable zone yeah with 
again, just going with my mom and my dad. I mean, sorry, not my dad. <laughs> he could care less. My mom or my sister. I can't recall really going with any of my friends because um, so many times I've compared myself uh, to like, oh, well, they have a small waist and I don't. And um, so waist has always been an issue where I I feel very insecure about. Mm. So, yeah, I would definitely say sweaty palms when I'm actually feeling feeling vulnerable because the vulnerability comes from like watching myself in a mirror, right? Because I could like something, right, in the rack. It's like, oh, this looks really cute. And then it looks absolutely different when it's on me. Mm. And then not only that, but then you want to like show somebody else so they could sort of like cross-reference and I believe this is why I only go with my mom and my sister because, like, my sister has always been so gentle and so graceful, you know. And she's actually the one who taught me, like, okay, well, there's different types of clothing that will look good for um, for your body image, you know. And she's like... For she your body type? My body type, yeah. sorry, yeah. And, and so she loves it. She's like, this is sort of, you know, fashion is like her thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's... So I love going with her because then, you know, like colors and, and so I've dug a little bit into that journey of like what colors work for me, what pops up, like my eyes and things like that. And that helps. So, but putting yourself out there to expect disappointing, I will say this is one way, one one area that, that makes sweaty palms look as i'm telling you this story I'm... oh wow her palms are literally <laughs> sweaty guys they are um yeah so i've been doing a little bit of language work with that like especially with this mirror right behind me mm-hmm. so aka your whiteboard <laughs> yeah i use it for many things <laughs> you do you do yeah what about you what goes through your body uh i think i feel it like physically in my chest mm-hmm. i feel it like in my heart i feel like a tightness in my chest mm. i can feel like a little nauseous mm. um i can uh kind of want to hunch my shoulders and kind of like protect myself mm. um i think emotionally uh i can just i can go to like i knew this was gonna happen why is this mm. always why does this always happen why me um it, I'm not. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be here. I can have like imposter kind of syndrome. <laughs> not to skip ahead too much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I can feel like, why me? You mm. know, like why is this happening? Why does this always happen to me? Mm. I get very like, whiny and victim, victimy. <laughs> victimy. Uh, I guess I shouldn't shame myself. Uh, AKA for victim mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I, you know, just thinking like. I, I, could, I can kind of always come to why does this always happen? Why am I always in these situations? Mm. You know, like, what is it about me? I can blame myself mm. uh, when I'm when I'm either being vulnerable or I'm about to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten to a point where, like, I can, I can feel a lot of things uh, physically and emotionally going into a, a situation where I need to be vulnerable. Or I need to choose vulnerability to be courageous. Um, and then you throw me into it, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I can do it. <laughs> uh, and then when I leave, when I'm out of that situation, all those things kind of come back again. So it's kind of like I, I press pause. 
you know, I've, I've had this, even this, this situation speaking, you know, like I'm very comfortable when I'm up there speaking in, in front, front of, of crowds large that crowds can see. that I can mm. see, like, you know, <laughs> uh, but I can be very vulnerable and it, it can really like test me to have a conversation with just one person. Yeah. So I think Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> said it once. Uh, I can talk to all of you, but I can talk to none of you. Uh-huh. You know, like, so when he's on stage, he's a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but when it's just him and another person or another fan. Or you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> it's a little different. You are more comfortable in the camera. That's so funny. Like, yeah. for me, people think, like, I'm comfortable doing videos. That's Actually, that's another good example. I go through body image and all that every week oh mm. i just realized that you do however this is why i tend to do like selfies because i'm in control of things um so it's it's really funny aka to me because i'm comfortable in front of like um making videos when i am holding the the phone towards me versus someone putting the camera in front of me uh, and then you, you're very comfortable with the camera because you're looking at yourself. <laughs> you're like, yes. I'm funny. <laughs> but you put a microphone in front of me, as we've seen doing this podcast. I'm like, humana, 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 humana. It takes a few tries and you're before like, we get what's going. What's wrong with him? Like, <laughs> I'm I've, so sorry. I've seen him do this with a hundred people, or I've seen him do this on the video. Yes. Yeah. So I think we all have things. Like we all have. Of we course. All, we all have things. We all have places that it's hard of to course. to go. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, part of vulnerability, I know. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead from your notes from Brene's round six myth, um, is doing it anyway. Yep. Doing my videos every Friday consistently, as I said I would. Yeah. Um, because the message out there is not. For me, I love sharing what I'm learning, and it would be selfish of me not to share. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Today, we've gone over what we used to think vulnerability was. Mm-hmm. You know, even going back to our childhood. Yeah. Um, how vulnerability can often be confused with being open. Or transparent. Or transparent. Mm-hmm. Or honesty. Mm. And how they they are different things. Uh, vulnerability is more about your relationship to making mistakes and to failing and uh, not being good enough, tough enough, smart enough, why whatever is this it is. Why happening to me? Yeah, why is this happening to me? Mm. Uh, being defeated by mistakes yeah. and failures instead of embracing them. Right? So vulnerability is more about being courageous and being open to that. Um, and we talked about how vulnerability can physically and emotionally feel like when we're we're in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. um, and why that matters. And so next time we're going to go through Brene Brown's six myths of vulnerability and why that matters for the church. Because I think the church does have a vulnerability problem. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to see because of some of the things that we've been talking about that even in our own lives, we've confused vulnerability with being open or being transparent and being honest. And they're, they're totally different things. You can be the most open, honest person in the world and just not be vulnerable, not have any trust in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people who 
you know, I, I always envied what I thought was their vulnerability, you know, because they can they can cry, they can get emotionally real yeah. in a second, right, in a group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's just not me. Only to realize, like, you know, several years later that that wasn't vulnerability because they never really let people in. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just being open. Mm-hmm. That was just being transparent. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a huge difference. Yeah. I think vulnerable leaders are brave and they do amazing things not because they're amazing people or they happen to be leading amazing people it's because they dare to be vulnerable and i want to close with a quote from theodore roosevelt it is not the critic who counts nor the man who points out how the strong man stumbles aware the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. It's very rare that we lead ourselves with vulnerability it's very rare that we show we show up to each other and be vulnerable you know i think when we said when we read earlier it's the critic who points out how the strong man stumbles i think sometimes we can be our own worst critics without being vulnerable i think vulnerable is daring to lead is daring to do something that totally takes you out of your comfort zone that you will fail. You will have setbacks. But at the end, if you're daring enough, if you're courageous enough, if you're vulnerable enough, you really can change the world in your generation.